Hello there and welcome. Join me for episode one of Football and Cut. I'm going to break down an amazing night of Champions League football. I'm going to touch on the Roma vs Barca game. I'm going to touch on Liverpool and Man City as well. I hope you enjoy it. Hello there and welcome to episode one of Football and Cut. It's going to be a uh, twice a week podcast I'm going to be doing. Uh, just sort of breaking down all the football uh, games that's been going on, uh, all the football stories. Uh, as it comes to the summer as well, I'll be doing all the transfer stories as well. So, you know, get ready for that one. I'm excited. Um, so we've got a really good show for you today, to be honest. Uh, it's not going to be too much of a long one. I'm just going to be sort of breaking down both the Liverpool versus Man City game which ended 2-1 in the end to Liverpool, uh, 5-1 on aggregate. I'll jump into that in a little bit more detail in a minute. And Roma versus Barcelona as well. Uh, f- wow, that game was insane as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to start on the Liverpool game though, to be honest. Obviously I'm a Liverpool, not obviously, but I'm a Liverpool supporter. My name's Lewis, by the way. Nice to formally meet you. <laughs> um, but yeah. What a nervy game, I'll be honest. So, following on from the first leg, was finished 3 0 uh, Liverpool at Anfield. I think winning 3 0 at Anfield may be even more nervous coming into this game. I think, even though I knew on the conscious level that probably City, it was a very hard job for City to score four unanswered, still, you know, naturally there was that massive anxiety sort of flowing through me, I guess. And that was intensified on the second minute when Jesus scores uh, tapping, which is put in a placement by Sterling. Uh, Jürgen Klopp said himself after the game, uh, it, it was a gift. I uh, don't know what Van Dijk was doing, I'll be honest. It was, it, it, Van Dijk was claiming for a foul. It wasn't really a, a foul in you know, any way, shape or form, in my opinion. Maybe the, the little nibble Sterling had might have been, but... I think if it was the other way around, I would have been annoyed if that was given as a foul, to be honest. Looking at it from an unbiased point of view for once. <laughs> um, so that put it as 1-0 after like two minutes. Um, throughout the game, you know, it was, it was, like I said, it was nervy. But to be honest, they didn't actually threaten our defence too much. They had a lot of the ball. They had 68% of the defence to our 32. So they had a lot of the ball, but... It wasn't a lot of like meaningful attacking possession. A lot of it was side to side, about forty yards out. Not really sort of troubling our goal as such. But still, you know, they they were they, the first half they came out the blocks flying, scored the early goal. So we'd retreated deeper and deeper. Uh, I was, you know, after half an hour, I was so nervous. I was just praying we get into half time just at one nil. We truly delivered on that point, but. First half was shocking for Liverpool, albeit de- decent defensively. I did love the way you know James Milner was putting his body on the line. Chamberlain was, uh, Van Alden playing slightly out of position, but I thought he played well as well. So going into half time, uh, City were one 0 up, controlling the game really. And I would love to be a fly in the wall in Jurgen dro- uh, Klopp's dressing room because uh, I, I've got a funny feeling he would have absolutely screamed at those players. Because uh, you know, they just needed a little bit of kick, kick up the backside. I think the occasion got to one or two of them for the first 20 minutes. We started to sort of get our feet after half an hour, but still. Uh, so we came out the second half a little bit better. Um, we maintained, well, we would say we maintained. We, we closed them down a little bit more. We, we were a little bit higher up the pitch as well. Um, we, we, 
Sterling and Sané was so wide, it was hard for us to actually get a foothold from the wing-backs as well. Because obviously Robertson and uh, Trent couldn't get too far forward without worrying that Sané and Sterling were going to run in behind straight away. All things considered, uh, it was a decent performance up until the Salah scored. Um, up until the Salah goal, rather. And then obviously Firmino, uh, a bit later on, finishes it with a cool finish. Well, Salah's finish, oh my lord. If you, you know, if, if you haven't seen the game, go and watch the highlights because Salah and Firmino's goal were actually really nice goals. Salah, um, cool as you like, you know, dinks it over, uh, I think it was Fernandinho or Otamendi, one of them two. And obviously Firmino tackles Otamendi in the corner. <clears throat> I know. I was drinking my coffee and my mouth's a little sticky. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, uh, Firmino dispossesses Otamendi in the corner. Uh, it brings it in as he puts a lovely finish into the bottom right corner. Um, so that, you know, all things considered, it was a great performance by the lads. Uh, finished 2-1 in the end, but my ass was falling out all through that game. I was so nervous, so glad I finished 2-1 in the end. Um, I think, you know, in terms of Liverpool's chances... Uh, in the uh, Champions League going forwards, I, I do. I do think if the if the draw is kind to us, we can probably get to the final. Maybe you know if we get a lot of luck and the draws and, and draw is kind to us. Uh, our defense has improved tremendously with Van Dijk in in the defense uh, on the fields. You know, workman like, and our attacks obviously one of the best in Europe. So you know, put all that together. Uh, I think we can sort of challenge for. But that being said, uh, I think a lot of a lot of our players are, are, are not experienced at that level, so, so that far when the stakes are that high. I do trust sort of Jurgen Klopp and the team as it is anyway. But that, my only sort of concern, or one of my only concerns, would be our ability to handle pressure in the big situations and you know, the the big moments in the game where the momentum sort of hanging by a thread. But you know. If, they're going fantastically to come through today to be honest um, I, I didn't think we'd, we'd win I thought we'd lose 2-1 to be honest so a 2-1 victory is even better especially to come from behind after being under the cosh for like 70 minutes so you know I'm, but over the two legs if you put it in perspective I'm actually blowing away sort of by both when you combined but really happy to be a Liverpool fan at the moment uh, we've been through a few rocky times in the past sort of 5-6 years Everyone sort of knows that anyway, but what, I, what I, you know, if, as a neutral's perspective, from a neutral's perspective, it was probably a decent game to watch. But you know, I, I, I've always said this: City's fans are awful. You know, City's fans are terrible when their only shout is City, City. Like in the first leg, they came to Anfield. There was like so many different chants. Everyone was singing it. Everyone was bouncing. I know it's it's easier to get up for big big games. Anfield against the smaller teams is questionable, but I mean for City's fans, for, obviously for some moments they were really loud. But for large parts of that game, the, the tenth, well, was it tenth? Three thousand or something Liverpool away fans outsung the rest of the Etihad or the uh, Etihad, <laughs> as it is, some people call it. <laughs> Which is, you know, my personal favourite name for them, to be honest. In terms of the stats, it's really quick as well. Like I said before, 68% possession City, 32% Liverpool. Uh, eight City shots to Liverpool's five. But I thought on B3, it said City had 17 shots. 
it's weird, but I looked in the BT's thing after the game and it said eight overall. Um, and nine corners to two as well. So, you know, the stats show that they were in the ascendancy for most of the game, but, you know, I'm not going to sort of beat the dead horse on this. Uh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to the draw. I will probably do a sort of a, a roundup of the draw, to be honest, uh, after the draw's happened uh, on Friday, to be Friday night or Saturday. Uh, I'll just sort of assess our chances and all the other uh, draws as well. Have a little bit of an of analysis into that as well so hopefully look forward to that one now in terms of the second game uh, of today of Roma versus Barcelona my oh my what a game I, I watched both games and like well actually I, I watched the extended highlights of the Roma game excuse me uh, I didn't have time to do the, uh, the the full game because obviously I'm recording this I'm recording this literally straight after uh, I, I Straight after both games, so I'm a little bit giddy, if you can probably tell. But I've I've only just sort of calmed down from that game. <laughs> so I'm drinking my coffee. The only instant coffee I like isn't Nescafe. Nescafe is here, I recommend it. But um, yeah, Roma Barca, three 0 Roma. Wow, I did not expect this. I know it was at Roma's place, but I expected Barca. You know, with, with Messi. Now starting, I think he started anyway. Um, I know he's had a few injury worries, but I think he's got a hat trick in his last game. You know, he was come back into form. I thought Ronaldo, not Ronaldo, I thought Messi would you know, at least get a goal or make an assist. But Barca didn't step up. Uh, since Valverde came into Barcelona, they've changed the style of play a little bit. Part part of the reasons Enrique got sacked from them. I think was because of the style of play. Uh, they would just sort of launch a pass in midfield and just sort of play with the uh, rely on Messi and Suarez combination, which you know I don't blame. When you have three players that go up front, I mean, get it forward, up, up, get it up the pitch as fast as you can, get as many chances as you can. But Valverde's doing something slightly different. The players he's got at, at his disposal is probably the worst Barca team, team on paper for a while. I know they're unbeaten in the league, but. In my opinion, it's probably one of the worst Barca teams I've seen uh, for quite a while. But you know, he's doing pretty good things, and all things considered. But just, you know, I think this game was a step too too far for him, to be honest. Yeah, three 0 Roma finish basically. Uh, I'll touch more on Valverde's tactics in a minute, but I just want to explain the game first. Jacko got the first one. Uh, absolutely bullied at Barcelona defence. Absolutely bullied them. Fantastic, fantastic sort of sense forward play in this one. Uh, for the second one, Jekko again, just, you know, there's a ball put over the top. Jekko absolutely bullies PK. He just gets his hand, he, he plays PK for, for a kipper, to be honest. You know, uh, he, he just sort of leans into PK just enough that PK can sort of snap at him. Um, and he obviously draws the penalty, which obviously happened in the end. The referee gave it after a little bit of time waiting on the linesman or the guy behind the goal, whatever. But yeah, uh, De Rossi tucks that penalty away. Uh, pr- pretty poor pen, but it was powerful. And then obviously the last one was a fantastic header from Costas Manolas. Wow. Watch that header. That's such technique. I know there's only so much technique he can put on a header, but it was such technique on a on a whipped-in ball. And he did only have to sort of direct out the goal, but it sort of like kills as it's going in. That's brilliant. So 3-0, absolutely, you know, shocked the world, basically. Or shocked Europe, at least. Barca knocked out, and uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. As a Liverpool fan, sort of sappy, like, ooh, you know. But you know, obviously, there's no easy draw. <laughs> I, you know, obviously, but Roma are a team that I'd like to be drawn against. No, no, look, though, we'll get drawn against fucking Bayern. But you know, uh, all in all, both games are really, really entertaining, to be honest. Um, yeah, as I said before, sort of as I alluded to before, Valverde's tactics with Barcelona is a little bit sort of different to all the managers previous to him, or the last few anyway. Uh, so, but he kind of plays like a really fluid four four two or four four one one. It's kind of weird to see Barcelona setting up like that. I mean, it's it's showed them up defensively, and they got, they have Messi and Suarez, so I suppose they don't need too much formational emphasis on the attack anyway. But the way the the, the change in Barca's style is it is slight. They still sort of keep they still keep possession and all that all that jazz, but a little bit. A little bit more direct now, uh, not as direct as under Enrique, obviously. But it's like a when they're defending, it's like a four-four-two. They try and spring out, but sometimes the four-four-two, when you're expected to be the team to take it to someone, isn't really going to work. And when you're, you know, I think the stadium's right. Top five goalie in the world, not like, not amazing, not terrible, consistent. Uh, Jordi Alba, he's been. Injured for half the season, been inconsistent as well. Unsitis, you know, has probably been the best new signing for Barca, um, or best of the signings. Who else have we got? PK was, you know, he's, he, he, he's fallen off in my opinion. He, he has been for a couple of years. Um, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. I mean, go through the team. There's a, so many weak links compared to the past Barcelona teams. That, to be honest, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if, if, if you look back after the result, I mean. Even though they are, like, like I said, I, I will keep saying it. Even though they are unbeaten in the league, the Spanish league's not a fantastic league anyway. The lower teams like to play, but the quality isn't like amazing throughout the league. But I think the difference between Barcelona and Real Madrid will be shown tomorrow by Madrid as well, because they they both have the big game experience, but Real Madrid have the the quality to boot the to, to match the experience. I just think there's a lot of holes in Barca's team, but I do like Valverde as a manager. I think in a few years they'll be sort of back in Champions League finals and, and such, sort of challenging again. But you know, yeah, all in all, I mean, very surprising. Three 0 Even with my critique of Barca's team, I wouldn't expect three 0 I'd expect I'd expect them to score at least a goal. Obviously, you have Messi and Suarez and you know, etc. etc. But I mean, like I said, a fantastic night of football. To be honest, um, if you haven't seen either of the games, I would highly recommend that you go watch e- you know, either of them. To be honest, you know it's um, they were really they were both really entertaining. To be honest, they're both entertaining. They're both um, fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, like I said, check them out if you, if you can. And obviously, thanks for listening to section one. Section two is coming up. And we're back, episode two. Thanks for joining me again. So, just uh, I've calmed down a little, a little bit more now from the, the Liverpool, Liverpool, and Barca games. Got a little bit of news and brief for you, just to finish off uh, this sort of episode with uh, sort of ten fifteen minutes. Just uh, breaking down sort of the recent transfer news, uh, just a little bit of general football news as well. Uh, there's a lot of um, championship games on today as well. 
uh, a few other games around England, so I'm just going to quickly fly through them at the end as well, um, just to let you know the results of them games as well. So just to start off with the sort of news then, I've got a few sort of interesting stories here I'm just going to talk a little bit about. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to fly through every single news story, I'm going to have a look at some news stories that have interested me, and obviously uh, do a little bit of what, what, could, what I think could happen, uh, you know, a little, little bit of breakdown on it as well. So just to start off, we've got uh, United, Chelsea and Everton are all apparently interested in Watford's uh, left winger, Richarlison. They signed him for 11.4 million uh, at the start of the season. Great signing, to be honest, uh, for him. Uh, I think in his first like 14 games, he got like six goals and like uh, five, four or five assists. So he, you know, he started really well, considering he was you know, what 19-20, just coming into the league. He started fantastically well. But apparently, uh, United, Chelsea, and Everton won him for 40 million, 40 million pounds. So his value in one year has quadrupled, essentially. He did have a, 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 up until Christmas, he was brilliant I'll be honest he was brilliant uh, he, he probably should have scored more He's, he can't finish but obviously that'll come with age getting um, progressing down his career as well interesting that he could have actually went to Ajax uh, at the start of the season uh, he could have went to Ajax but obviously Watford came in at the last minute and stole him from Ajax he was, gonna, he was about to go to Ajax for like 6 million in the end Ajax signed David Neres who's actually doing really well over there as well but yeah in the end he went to Watford and now he's Apparently linked to United, Chelsea, and Everton. I mean, all sorts of teams have sent scouts throughout the season to watch him. Everyone knows he's, he's a great talent. I don't think he'll stay at Watford for long. It was a silver signing, and that, uh, that um, Gracia for Watford. I can't remember his first name. He's much more conservative coach compared to Silver, so I don't think Richarlison is the kind of player that will fit well into his systems anyway. Richarlison is much more of like a he's, he's the kind of winger that goes beyond the striker. Uh, looking for um, you know flick on from the striker, obviously trying to put the shots away as well. Um, not like an amazing cross or anything like that. Is he's got more of a killer instinct compared to like a sort of conventional left winger, even though he's still left footed. And I, I probably can't see him leaving to be honest. Um, I'm not saying he definitely won't stay, but yeah, he's got a decent chance of actually leaving now. I think uh, maybe not to you know Chelsea or United, maybe to Everton. Uh, I can see that happening or you know, abroad I can see him going to like Spain or somewhere but we'll see sort of how that one develops I just thought that was an interesting story anyway because I do think Richarlison even though the second half of his campaigns died down a lot he is one of the players who sort of you know had a breakthrough season to use the old cliche I guess there's another story as well which I thought was quite interesting uh, Juve are actually interested in Spurs as uh, Moussa Dembele doesn't sound that interesting all in all but the reason why I, I, I was interested in it, and I, you know, I read it and I was relieved, or oh, you know, partially relieved. The reason for that was because you know, Henry Henry Chan's been linked to Juve for months now, for months, you know, definitely a lot of weeks, but you know, a, a, a couple of months at least, uh, he's been um, linked to Juve. They've apparently been in talks. He's been going back and forth with their reps. Been a lot of talk. Obviously, the whole time, Henry's tried to you know. He's tried to be professional. He doesn't want to burn any bridges in case he does stay. But now I think that Juve are actually being linked with a, a bunch of different players, a different centre midfielders, or a bunch of different centre mids rather, to Emery to, uh, Chan. 
And Musa Dembele is one of them that has been linked with. I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, as a neutral, I would rather he stayed in the Premier League. But obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I'd, I'd probably rather he went to Juve. And I think there's an awful lot of players that Spurs can get as a replacement for him that, that can do his job to the same effect. Maybe like, I don't know, like Ndidi, maybe, but he's still a slightly different kind of player. Um, probably a few players abroad as well. Georgino for Napoli, something like that. I don't know. Both of them are linked to Liverpool. Would be decent signs for Spurs. But, I mean, if he does sign for Juve, it'd be a great sign for Juve. You know, him and Pjanic in that midfield with Marquisio could be really good as a sort of trifecta, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, so, that, you know, I mean, a decent sign for Juve. Uh, but it, 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 it doesn't look to be too strong. I think it came from like the mirror or someone. Not exactly a bastion of reliable news, but I still thought it was like an interesting story just to sort of bring up as well. Now, he's he, he another one, which I, you know, there's a few destinations that this, 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 this player could go to. It's intriguing to me, at least, anyway. Yeah, so if, if what if, not, not Flafford, if West Brom get relegated, which, you know, I think they probably will, because they're shit. I've always hated them. Um, they will sell Rondon for 16.5 million. Sounds like a lot of money from a relegation, or a team has just been relegated. But to be honest, uh, 16.5 million is not a lot of money nowadays. You, you, you know, most Premier League teams can find that down the back of the couch. You know what I mean? Um, sixteen and a half million. Considering when you know Liverpool signed Van Dijk seventy five million, you know uh, Pogba's ninety odd million, etc. Uh, sixteen and a half million for a half decent striker would be alright. I know Rondon, he had a run of games this season where he didn't score for like I don't know, fifteen games or something stupid. But on his day, with good service, he's I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Well, not brilliant, brilliant, but he's really good. Uh, in terms of where he could possibly go, uh, if he was to stay in the Premier League, I can see him going to like a Stoke if they stay up. You know, a big powerful striker to lead the line for them. But what else? Rotation at Leicester maybe. It's, uh, you know, they clearly want some form of tall striker to play second fiddle to Vardy. Maybe, maybe there. But even one of the big teams, as a, again as a Plan B, um, I can you know, I can see that, or I can see him going abroad to like Germany or somewhere. But if he stayed within the league, it'd be interesting to see where he goes as well. Because I do think he can add value to a few teams. Uh, in all honesty, uh, I think Torres is about to leave Atletico as well. I think it's been confirmed from Atletico or, or from Torres. Interesting if he came back to Liverpool to end his career at the uh, Mighty Reds. <laughs> We didn't exactly finish on good terms, but I do feel sorry for him over that. He was a, uh, he was sort of half screwed over there, so it wasn't entirely his fault. He's he's went back and he's, I think he scored like seventeen goals in two seasons or something like that. I might be totally wrong there. I, th- I think I read that. Not a terrible return, but it was in like forty games, of, you know, just fifty, sixty games, something like that. Not not amazing, but it was ne- it was never really starting. Especially now Costa's there, he's not, Costa and Griezmann are both there with Correa and Vieto. It's five players going to two positions. Probably not uh, Probably not wise to stay there, to be honest. And finally, sort of the last story I'm going to sort of speak about today, which I thought was actually really interesting. PSG and Bayern Munich are actually after Kennedy. Uh, he's been on loan to Newcastle this season. Excuse my sniffling, I've got a little bit of a cold. But uh, he's been on loan to... Uh, Newcastle this season he has changed that team completely I think before he went to Newcastle 
they had an okay chance of staying up. They had, you know, they had an outside chance of relegation, but in terms of like the explosiveness, they didn't really have much of it. Matt Ritchie's more of a technique-based player. He's not more of a he's not exactly fast. You know, he's he's not a powerhouse or anything like that. He does have a beautiful left foot, but same with Gale. Uh, Gale just works hard. Um, he's not particularly fast or anything like that. So I don't think the before King. Uh, Fucking, why am I saying King? He plays for Bournemouth. Before Kennedy came into Newcastle, didn't didn't have that explosive out ball. But since he's came there, he's really impressed. Uh, I think he scored four goals and uh, made like three or four assists in like twelve games, something like that. So uh, you know he, he's played really well. He's really uh, in the short time he's been there, he's shown what he can do. Because I think at Chelsea, he didn't really get the actual opportunities. He might, he might have played here and there, but for a young player, you need a consecutive run of games to get your mojo and really sort of fit in with the team you didn't really get that Chelsea apparently Bayern want, want him for a long term replacement for Ribery uh, and Iron Robin yeah makes sense there's probably better options out there for them but in terms of like being able to develop a player to push forward can't, you know, I don't suppose Kennedy would be too much of a bad shout he's still only like 20, 22 something like that really young He's really impressed me at Newcastle, and if if he, if he doesn't go back to Newcastle just for one more season, uh, I can see him not going to maybe Bayern or sort of PSG, but you know Valencia, someone like that maybe a little bit higher sort of place team that look like they might be going places uh, as well. Now um, that's basically all the sort of news roundup. To be honest, I did want to touch on sort of one more thing. Uh, like I said before, uh, all the championship games were played today. Uh, so just for those people that are interested, I want to touch on them as well. I'm not going to talk in too much detail about them, but I'm just going to sort of whiz through. There were a lot of games played in the Championship. I think everyone played. Almost everyone. So we had Aston Villa and Cardiff uh, for the probably the most important game. 1-0 Villa finished. Villa at home. Uh, so kind of surprising. Cardiff have been on an absolute rampage this season. Neil Warnock's done amazing things with them, to be honest. If you look at them last season compared to this season, it's absolutely fantastic. And obviously Marco, Marco Aguirre there for Liverpool is on loan there, so he's been getting a few minutes and been playing okay, I think. Not not amazing, but yeah, decently. Now probably after the Wolves beat them, might be a draw, might beat them, I can't remember, uh, a few days ago. I think Wolves are definitely in a driving seat to go and sort of get, get automatic promotion now, definitely. Probably even win the title as well. Uh, Bristol City, Birmingham 3-1 uh, Hull City smashed Burton 5-0 At home, Burton are usually pretty, pretty solid at home So that surprised me a little bit to be honest uh, Fulham beat Redden 1-0 Not really surprising, Redden have been terrible this season Fulham have been on a surge in the past few months uh, Ipswich won Barnsley 0 Yeah, don't really care about that game Ipswich and Barnsley uh, Whatever Nottingham Forest nil, Brentford won. Uh, yeah, Preston North End three, Leeds United one, QPR four, Sheffield Wednesday two, uh, Sheffield United two, Middlesbrough one, Sunderland drew one all with Norwich, Millwall beat Bolton two nil. Uh, some some interesting scores there. Decent amount of goals scored uh, overall, uh, but that's probably because there's a, there's a few games that had like four goals plus in. <laughs> but um, yeah, so looking at the sort of Championship table, Wolves. Eight points clear with a game in hand. So a game in hand on Fulham, granted, but it's more of a scrap for uh, that second place 
between Cardiff and Fulham now. Villa gave himself a little bit of a leg up there, still four points behind uh, with, with a game out of hand. I guess game not in hand, a game up, a game ahead. So yeah, I can, I can probably see Fulham still in that second place. They've been really impressive recently. Uh, and maybe in terms of who might get promoted from the playoffs, too early to say who'll finish in the playoffs, but for argument's sake, I can see that I can see Derby or Villa sort of winning their sort of playoffs as well. Uh, so that's been the sort of news breakdown for today as well, and obviously just to quickly cover the championship games uh, as well. So I do hope you sort of listened this far. If you have listened this far, thank you so much. Do appreciate that. Um, it's the first sort of podcast I've done properly. I've been planning this out for weeks actually. It's the first one I've done. Nice to sort of start doing it. I do love talking about football or just talking in general <laughs> and obviously as I sort of get further and further down the, uh, the pipeline of my podcast I'll probably cut out the ends and such but yeah that's basically the whole of the episode thank you for listening uh, in te- oh, just before I go in terms of upload schedule uh, I'll probably do one on the weekend and one on like a Tuesday or Wednesday so this is obviously the Tuesday version uh, Tuesday night up, uh, I'll upload this I'm recording this as well and I'll do one on, on the weekend as well uh, maybe two in the weekend one before all the games and one like Sunday night after all the games just sort of touching on them analysing them bringing my opinion chatting absolute wham all, the, all that good stuff so thanks for listening I do appreciate that and enjoy the rest of your day really do